Before we get started with the podcast today, I just want to let everyone know that we do not own Reliant K and no trademark intended. Welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. What? Jesse's sick. <laughs> Jesse's got a headache. I've got like possibly an ear infection. I oh, don't no, know. What's really? Going on. Yeah. Oh. My ear hurts so bad. That's why you got one ear off of yeah. the head- one headphone off of the yeah. ears. I thought you were just being cool. <laughs> I thought you were just being a cool DJ podcast yeah. host <laughs> on those ones and twos. <laughs> Exactly. That's your new trademark move. To get sick on podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do have a voicemail this week, and it's from Josh, who called last week. This one he called, like, just hours after we recorded last week's episode, and I'm oh, like, oh, wow. he just missed. So, let's hear from, let's hear, th- so, let's <laughs> hear about this one. Hey, this is Josh calling from Ohio again, and listen, I've actually left two uh, voicemails this week, so I apologize, but I'm catching up on the show. I'm a new listener, and so I have, like, all these things to say. I'm listening to the Marilyn Manson episode, and I had this lyric wrong for a long time. Now, I've known for a long time that the lyric says, Marilyn Manson's shows are overpriced, but originally, I don't know why, when I was younger, like in junior high, I thought it said, Marilyn Manson, he's not nice. Marilyn Manson is a poltergeist. And I kind of wish that was actually the lyric because I just like listening to you guys talk about like some of his album art. It's like kind of creepy. And so I wish it just said like Marilyn Manson is a poltergeist. But alas, you know, they decided to go with his shows are overpriced, which I guess is true. But maybe one of these days we're going to find out that Marilyn Manson is a poltergeist, you know, when they can see. I knew it. But anyways, thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, Marilyn Manson actually, is a poltergeist. That's great. That would be sort of a better lyric. Yeah. Because it's more universal. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you have to be part of the punk ethos to be concerned about whether or not shows are overpriced. Right. <laughs> but everybody's afraid of poltergeists. True. Um, yeah. Uh, we have no problem <laughs> with. Josh, with you calling, maybe because you just started listening, you don't know, like, there are people who call up, like, all the time, although no one's been calling up as much, so. We love calls. Yeah, we love calls. We might make fun of you for a short amount of time for calling too much, but we don't mean it. That's what we've done to, uh, to Daniel and to David before, and Brady doesn't call as much as he used to call, Mm -mm. but, um, whatever. So... Oh, and I wanted to let everyone know we're working. We've we've talked about this in the past, in past episodes, but now I'm working on it. Doing a, uh, we're working towards doing Deathbed, which, if you haven't heard this, us mention this in past episodes, that song is too much for Jessica. She does not enjoy it. So, as opposed to doing a, just a normal episode, which we'll do, we'll do our normal episode, but we didn't want it to just be. Me saying, this song's pretty good. And Jessica saying, I hate this song for an hour and a half. 
<laughs> I'm gonna we're gonna do a two part episode where it's our normal episode, but then it's also like a call in episode. So we'll have people actually call in. It'll just be me on Zoom, and we'll have short discussions about what you think about the song and everything. So hit us up on DMs if you're interested in submitting, or you can leave long voicemails if um, you want to record yourself on your phone and then email us the file as opposed to calling up on the voicemail line where there's the three-minute limit. We can also do it that way. Um, if you have more concise, specific things to say about deathbed that maybe you might not remember during a conversation. But that's what we're working towards. I'm hoping to get it out around episode 70. So, there's that. Any other top of the... April says, April's I'll do it. <laughs> so today we're talking about Trademark by Mandy Barnett. And the lyrics go, A little bit of croonin', a little bit of spoonin', a little bit of swoonin'. <laughs> And a lot of honeymooning. Now that's my trademark. Oh, that's my. Oh, wait. This is what happens on DuckDuckGo when you type in Reliant K trademark. It gives you the lyrics to Trademark by Mandy Barnett. I love it. Do you you have that queued up? Can we listen to that? No, I know I have to go into a different app to find it. (laughs) So let's see what that's... So you were listening... While you were doing your research this week to Mandy Barnett, I was listening to Guar while I did my research this week. Oh, nice. Do they have a song called Trademark, or you were just checking out Guar? I was just listening to uh, Scum Dogs of the Universe. (laughs) Cool. So here's uh, Trademark by Mandy Barnett. April's, April, sorry, I do that all the time. Jessica, I call Jessica by the dog's name all the time. Jessica looks very disappointed that this is what the music this is. This was not what I thought it was going to be, but it makes perfect sense now that I hear it. I was not getting country western vibes from the lyrics. I was getting like a 40s, like female vocal yeah from, from the lyrics crooning yeah. and spooning yeah so then <laughs> a little bit of crooning all night long i was expecting lou bega basically i was expecting a female lou bega so amanda carol barnett began singing as a child winning the best country act at dollywood when she was only 10 nice. her mother started bringing her on trips to nashville as a teenager she was signed by renowned talent scout and producer Jimmy Bowen. Uh, She sang with Patsy Cline, Jim Reeves, Webb Pierce, Brenda Lee. Uh, She's been referred to as a young Patsy Cline. Uh, She's been around for a while, like 26 weeks a year production. I'm just reading, this is just her Spotify bio which comes from all music i was gonna say 26 weeks is not a really terribly long time to have been around for right oh this was apparent when <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's been around for 26 i guess she's been around since like 1999 okay or maybe a little bit longer than that wait the just the first year listed in her bio is that in 99 she left asylum records to, for sire records so this is now a Patsy Klein Barnett or whatever her name is podcast. <laughs> yeah. Mandy. Mandy Barnett. 
So we're no, we're talking about trademark from two lefts don't make a right, but three do. This is one of this is slash the sla- employee of the month EP. That's right. It's also the opening track of the employee of the month EP. So this is one of those things where I'm like, were they wanting this to like be a hit? I feel like there was something else we, darn, you know, there's so many releases and so many (laughs) songs and I always have a one track. I literally have a one track mind. I can only think of the song we're talking about, but I know in the past we've talked about EPs where there was a song on an EP and we're like, were they expecting like more of this song to have put it on the EP? Let me think about this. On the 2000 ADD, you have Softer to Me and Marilyn Manson. On what's the EP for the second album? <laughs> creepy. Creepy. That's it. So creepy had pressing on, which of course it did. And I can get this. I can get this without looking up. Without looking it up. No, I got. Okay, it's those words are not enough. We talked about it when we talked about those words are not enough, where it was like this song's good. But did they really like, was this one of the, they think that those words are not enough was one of their best foot forward to put it on an EP that promotes the main album. Right. That hypothetically, some people may get this EP and listen to the songs on it. And it's supposed to basically entice you to get the full album. And sure, pressing on was on there because there's a video and stuff. But to put those words are not enough. It's like, was that... One of the, was that what they really thought was the best foot forward to be like, you've heard the best, now hear the rest. You've heard pressing on and those words are not enough. So is this a similar thing where, of course, the other track, the other album track on Employee of the Month is Pink Tux. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a hit. Like, that's undeniably a hit. Right. I mean, aside, you know, just the high concept and the feel-good nature of the song, yeah, that's going to make people want to check out the band more if they only hear the Employee of the Month EP. And I should say, I love Trademark. This is probably my favorite song on Two Lefts. This is what? My, this might be my number one favorite song on Two Lefts. What? I feel I don't Jessica's even know who shocked. I'm sitting across the table from anymore. I've always loved this song. Interesting. However, but out of all the songs on Two Lefts, yeah, out of all the songs, it's just an amazing pop punk pop rock banger. I love it. It's the anti breakdown where I used to love breakdown when I was a kid, but doing this podcast, I realized breakdown kind of stinks. <laughs> it's like way too long. <laughs> And way too repetitive. Mm-hmm. This song is very repetitive, but in the best way, because the melody and all the different sections of this song, and this like this pop, the pop punk flow of this song, I want to hear it again and again. You and when we were in the car earlier, listening to this song, getting ready to record, Jessica got confused and thought the song had started over. And it's like, no, it's just got this certain, like, repetitive, purposefully repetitive nature. But I like that. I think that's a, a boon to this song, that it re- that it's repetitive and it's a little bit longer. But yeah, this is one of my, fa- this is my favorite song on this album. I just didn't know that. However, like, oh, sorry. It's just, it's, just uh, it's a good song. I enjoy this song. I would, it's just, I would obviously rank Pink Tux because it's my favorite Reliant K song at number one. Probably followed by like college kids, then chapstick, falling out, 
and then maybe maybe trademark although i love jefferson airplane i prefer the demo version so it kind of doesn't line up on this on this one but yeah i don't know that's right. just really good i was just surprised that's all although this isn't my favorite song on the employee of the month ep oh, that's for the band which we've already right done. um let me look at the track list again as well i mean i really like falling out and i like forward motion and I like Hoops, I did it again. But this is just probably my favorite song. Because this... And as we talked about Relying K and how they're not exactly like a pop punk band. At least not in the mainstream way until you get to mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Sounds more like what pop punk is from other bands. Right. But with these first three albums, Relying K, to me, was always more akin to like a Weezer where there's elements of punk, but it's really more pop rock. Right. And they're yeah. a little bit faster than Weezer. So they could be, Reliant K could be more mistaken for pop punk because they're faster than Weezer. But this song is like their most pop punk song to me from this era. With yeah, the, I, I agree with that. Other than the Christmas album, the first Christmas album, which literally sounds like blink One A two at times because <laughs> i think that was the joke it's like let's do christmas songs and actually literally produce them to sound like blink One A two. but having said all that as much as i love this song it's one of probably i don't know if i we did like a top reliant k song thing early in the podcast and i might have forgot about this song despite the fact that i love it mm. I might be kind of rediscovering it right now. That's great. But when I was, when this album came out, this was a song I put on repeat all the time. Now, having said all that, I am surprised it's the lead song on the EP. Again, because it is something that is supposed to, like, this EP would hypothetically represent the band to people who may or may not get the album and may or may not be enticed to check out the band more there's supposed to be like a budget sampler basically right Mm -hmm. so to lead with trademark to me sure i love this song this is this song is what i want more of from reliant k at this time but this wasn't a hit when i look at setlist fm yeah there's only two times that this song is listed as being played and as we've talked about in the past with older songs with deeper cuts from these first albums, Setlist FM is no, like, proven place right. when it comes to this kind of data. Because right. it's not until, like, 2012 that Setlist FM is really accurate and almost always updated by tour managers themselves sometimes. So when you get into, like, tours in 2001, two, and three. There's no there's no accurate set list data. So they could have absolutely played this song a bunch when the album first came out, and we've just lost that data, and no one ever recorded it. But there's no live video online, and it's not a song that carried with them into the mm-hmm era or beyond that. Because right. by then, certainly, there's lots of mm-hmm and five score shows that have been recorded, and no recordings of trademark that I could find. So it's funny that they would lead with a song like this, thinking this is one of their best foot forwards for this album. Sorry, I kicked a box under the table. They picked this song as to represent themselves on this EP, and then they don't really get behind that song for the rest of their career. 
I find that surprising, especially with like on the 2080D when you have Softer to Me and Marilyn Manson. Softer to Me is a song that they continue to play into the 2010s. That's like one of the only songs on the first album they even like. And Marilyn Manson, of course, they don't play it after 2001, but at least you know it's a it's a right. video album, it's a video song. And you know why they stopped playing it, because they didn't believe the <laughs> lyrics anymore, but it is still a big song. So it's just funny. I don't know. It's hilarious. That's a trademark move from Reliant K if I've ever heard one. I have an off-topic question. Did Reliant K ever have cassettes? They didn't have that many cassettes, and I have looked into this. Um, I thought about it because the box you kicked under the table is filled with cassettes. Oh. And so <laughs> I was like, you know what? Because I'm like, okay, they start in 2000. You still got people putting out cassettes at, in 2000, right? Like, right. I've looked on Discogs and Discogs isn't 100% accurate for Reliant K is what I found out. As far as like things that are missing and things that are like really rare. Things that were just mass market at the time, but just weren't that many pressed and hard to find and haven't been at Discogs. But when you look at what cassettes have been printed of Reliant K, there aren't that many. I think just like Five Score had like a proper large run of cassettes printed or maybe mm mm-hmm. Like, these first three albums, I don't think they were on cassette. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But, like, I looked specifically to try to buy some Reliant K cassettes because I thought it'd be fun to own yeah. some. And they're not even, like, listed for the big albums. And then you always get, like, Indonesian bootleg cassettes. You can always, almost always find those. You can gotcha. usually tell because there's a sticker on them that'll say, like, 18 point something RPM. And that's, like, there's this one... They might not even be bootlegs. They could hypothetically be. There's a lot of Indonesian bootleg stuff for pop punk bands out there in the world. And sometimes it's on eBay. And maybe some of the the cassettes and stuff are actually printed by the proper copyright holders in those areas. I don't know. But there's this Indonesian cassette of Teenage Politics that's been on eBay for years. And nobody Mm. buys it. Because I have MXPX cassette as a saved thing on eBay. (laughs) And... That and it that pops up every month or two because it always gets relisted, or they own a bunch and maybe someone has bought it before. But yeah, anyway, back on topic, Danny. What's your trademark move? To sleep and to sleep from three <laughs> to eight every afternoon and evening. It's so true. <laughs> since since quarantine. It's so true. <laughs> Oh, Danny takes like a five hour nap in the middle of the afternoon and then he gets up and he's like, where's dinner? And I'm like, it's 8 p.m. I get too hungry for dinner at 8. I like a nice Parisian dinner schedule. I like having dinner at 9 p.m. Have we told that story on the podcast about how we went to... We went to Paris in 2015 and like they don't have dinner until like 9 p.m. there. So, no restaurants are open from like five until like seven thirty or eight, and so Danny and I are like st- 
starving. We've just, we took the train from London and we're like, oh my gosh, we're so hungry. Why can we not get anything to eat? So we're just wandering the streets of Paris. Finally, we find one restaurant that's open. And And it's all American and British people. It's all American and British tourists. It was the funniest thing ever because it's just, and maybe I think there were some Australians there too. It was all just like English speaking people who were like, what is this nonsense that I can't get dinner before 8 p.m.? Right. It's a whole city of the lady is a tramp. Wait, it's not a city of the lady is a tramp because she gets too hungry for dinner day. There's another great story from that night, but I won't. I won't uh, tell that. I here. embarrassed myself in front of the waiter, and I'm not talking about it. <laughs> Maybe if you if you go sign up at Patreon.com/slash Sadie Hawkins Pod, we'll tell that story over there. <laughs> I thought about saying it. And I was, like, getting hot under the collar. And I'm like, I'm not going to say it. It'll to me, it'll ruin the episode. Okay. Well, we'll move on. So I, I, I had a trademark for a while. When I was in, I believe it was second grade, I decided that I wanted to make a statement. I wanted a trademark to my name. Okay. And... So I looked around the room and I'm looking at, you know, they have those like punctuation, like different punctuation things on the little borders, you know, across the the room or whatever in school. Mm -hmm. And I decided I was going to start putting an exclamation point after my name. And I have done it ever since. (laughs) So when I'm an adult now in my early 30s and I go to sign my name it is so ingrained in my brain that I often still do it and sometimes I try not to do it because people will look at it and be like oh that's cute or whatever and I'll get embarrassed it is for sure on my driver's license (laughs) my signature nice well um I think it's adorable. You wanted to, she wanted to call you wanted to call your production company exclamation, exclamation point, point productions, productions yeah. and one day I bought Jessica the dot com and this is like fifteen years ago, so we probably don't own it anymore. <laughs> and I bought it as a gift, like I believe in your dreams. Aww. Here's exclamation point productions dot com and then we never did anything with it. And someone it was registered to my dad's house because the thing about websites is, like, when you register a website, you have to publicly register a certain address. Right. And nowadays, when you get stuff like um, Squarespace, there's a, like, you pay extra to have them hide your ad- your personal address mm-hmm. and, like, replace it with Squarespace's surrogate address. But this is, like, 2008 or seven, So, I mean, that, that service might have existed, but I didn't know how to do it. But I registered it to my dad's address, and someone called my dad asking about buying exclamationpointproductions.com. And I was like, oh, um, did you get a number? And he was like, no. They said they called back. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and they never did. And I assume that if the, the website must have lapsed, and I assume that either they got it or it's just owned by one of those things that's like buy exclamation point productions.com right so um one thing i wanted to mention in this episode and we'll get back to the song discussion in a second but do you know how there's a lot of things that you can there's a lot of characters you can type that aren't on the keyboard naturally right Mm -hmm. there's the one i'm thinking of now is the trademark symbol 
Like you right. can have trademark symbol in the yeah. text, in a text document, on the website, on a website. But there's no button for trademark Yeah, symbol. trademark, copyright, yeah. Copyright and like all the different variations of E's, mm-hmm. you know, and, and O's and like an umlaut and all that stuff. On iOS, you know, on digital keyboards, you hold down an O and it gives you all the different mm-hmm. versions of an O. You hold down an E, it gives you all the different versions of an E. But there's so many things that actually exist beyond just what's on a keyboard or even on a digital keyboard. The trademark symbol is one of them. And I know this is possible. So when I'm so there's a way to get it. The, the quickest way nowadays to do it is Google trademark symbol keyboard and copy and paste copy and it. Copy and paste, yeah. But back in the day when like that wasn't really possible, you would actually on your keyboard while you're typing, hold down the alt button. And then go to the numbers and type in a four-digit number, and that would correspond oh, to one of the other okay. like per- periphery of keyboard characters that doesn't exist on the keyboard. Right. I know that you do that for different like accents and right. stuff. I know that you push down something, and then yeah. But so if you're on a physical computer keyboard and you want to put the trademark symbol as you're typing something out, you press Alt. Zero one five three, and that gives you the trademark symbol. Oh, cool! If you want the registered symbol, which is the circle with the R, you type Alt, you hold down Alt, and you press zero one seven four. One of the ways in which I discovered this is because I remember this from twenty years ago that this is possible. Because when I used to go online all the time and talk about cartoons and anime and stuff. <laughs> If I ever wanted, if I ever typed in Pokemon, mm-hmm. I wanted the proper Pokemon with the accent above it. Right, of course. So I did the same thing with Michael Bublé. There you go. <laughs> so I used to. I I don't remember it anymore, but I would I used to know the alt and four digits for the accent over the e that you use in Pokemon. So I would just like P O K. Alt, whatever, 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 whatever. It would bring up the E that I needed. M-O-N. I would do that all the time. I knew it in my heart at the time. And I remembered that. And I'm like, there must be one for trademark. And there it was. So anyway, back to the song. It's also your trademark move to bang around the microphone Uh, and stuff while we're recording. Sorry. So, um, yeah, I love this song. It's like my favorite song on this album. It's just like an awesome high momentum pop punk song and it's got a great melody and it's just like cool and it's got those like <laughs> things that I can't explain because I don't know guitar but they're like that sounds like the Halloween theme it is a jam yeah what would you call those little things? I should have found this out before, but like... Speaking of Halloween, you continually put off your summer playlist for uh, the Patreon, and we were supposed to get it out. It is now the last day of the month, maybe and you we'll, still did not get out your... Which you were calling... You're now calling it your Summerween playlist. Right. Sorry. I'll figure... I got three songs on there. I need, oh my god! How many do I need? Ten? Uh, I've been busy. So yeah, to, everyone knows how busy you were. You just admitted that you take a, a five-hour nap in the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah, because I'm so busy during the day, I gotta rest. 
So this part's cool. It kind of sounds dark, but it kind of sounds light. This part. I love that. I agree. I musically what? love this song. Yeah. I just didn't know this was like your favorite favorite off the album. And um, the like the message of it is fine. <laughs> <laughs> It's about either being, I'm sure if we looked on song meetings. Oh, we have song meetings. They debate, but it's either about being a bad Christian or being a bad friend. And bad friend Tyson is a theme that we find all the time. Whether or not this belongs in bad Christian Tyson more specifically, which I think it does. I think it They're both reoccurring themes. It really is his trademark move to write a song about disappointing someone, whether it be God, friends, family, whomever. Right. And um, so I like the way that this song kind of flows and moves into these different sections, these refrains and <laughs> verses. But I like how it keeps repeating. It just keeps repeating the same sections over and over, which, like I said, is like the opposite of my feeling on Breakdown, where Breakdown repeats so much. But what you have in Breakdown, the bones of Breakdown, I find very boring. I don't find this song boring. I find every section, every little part super exciting and fun. So every time we roller coaster back around and repeat the thing we've already heard two times before, I just love it. I love the journey. I love the little exciting journey that this song goes on. That's great. Yeah. I love the echo and it's like ties with you get severed, 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 severed. I didn't try comparing the gold version to the regular version this week. Um, well, I tried, but I realized I don't have the files on my... F- I somehow lost them. I accidentally deleted them where I had my own files right. of the gold and non-gold, yeah. so I know. And sometimes on SoundCloud, you get something that you know is not the gold version and something that you know is the gold version. But this week, when I typed trademark on SoundCloud, I couldn't tell mm. what was or wasn't the gold version. So I don't really know. So no gold version comparisons this week. So let's get the actual lyrics and not the Mandy Barnett lyrics. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like pretty obvious. I don't know if there's much interpretation to be had here other than is this about friends or is this about God? But I think it might just be all right to leave what matters out of sight. Old habits die hard holding on. Inevitable means it's never gone. I mean, that's a little confusing. <laughs> that's a little florid and, and hard to immediately grab onto now that I read it. I think it might just be all right to leave what matters out of sight. Old habits die hard holding on. Inevitable means it's never gone. Like I get the sentiment, I guess, from the context of the full song, but I don't immediately understand what's going on in that first first uh, verse. Uh, is this correct? Now, I'm looking at AZ lyrics. I better go to Genius because it says... I was going to say, do not go to song meanings because at the uh, towards the bottom, it says two lines I can't remember will fix later. They never fixed it later. So... <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> on they a- put it in brackets. <laughs> I'm going to double check Genius because on, trade, on uh, the AZ lyrics... It's like opening verse, then bridge, then chorus. How can the bridge be the second 
section of the song. That feels impossible. Hold on. I'm, where's Genius? Okay. Yeah, pre-chorus. Someone on AZ Lyrics. That makes way more sense. Someone on AZ Lyrics called the pre-chorus the bridge. So, okay. I think it might just be a random... Inevitable means it's never gone. Told myself what I need to hear. I think the point was very clear. I showed me what we've what we've missed since we slipped into inconsistency. So I guess this first part is just about him kind of fighting with himself and debating and right. it's working, about, being confused or something to that effect. I'm not really 100% sure. It's, it, I think it's kind of about, like, it's, it's almost procrastination. Like, I think it might just be all right to put what matters out of sight. Like, if you take this from a Christian context, you could say that I think it might just be all right if I, like, put you know morals the commandments whatever kind of out of sight i put that on hold and i just kind of live the way i feel like living gotcha right now like old habits die hard Mm -hmm. you know so maybe it's hard you know i have these old habits it's hard for me to necessarily live that more righteous lifestyle right sort of a thing maybe that makes sense because now as i kind of look at the structure of the song verse one seems to be the struggle the problem, the issue that he's having. Then you have the pre-chorus and the chorus, which we'll get into, but that's pretty. that makes the message of the song pretty clear. And then verse 2 is the I'll kill the thing that turns me away, amputate the arm that would disobey, withdraw from everything that's hurting me until you finish your work in me. That part is like the solution. So it's like first one is like the confusion, the upset, like the sin, the failure. And then verse 2 is like the coming back to God and doing away with the things that cause him to make his trademark move of turning his back and like fix the things. So I know that I had to look it up because I don't really I don't have Bible verses memorized, but it's Matthew five thirty. Uh, and if you're right, which is what inspires the uh, second verse about amputate the arm that would disobey. It's thought it was an Evil Dead Two reference. Oh yeah, do you I think didn't, I didn't actually think that? I <laughs> it just, just occurred to you. <laughs> what if Evil Dead Two is based on Matthew five thirty? What if Sam Raimi was like, I don't know what to do for Evil Dead Two. I got no ideas, and then he's reading his Bible one night, and he's like, Matthew five thirty says in the international in the New International <laughs> Version. Maybe. And if your right know. hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. That's the NIV translation. Dark. Um, and then do you think that next the part about going into hell inspired Drag Me to Hell? Exactly. This is definitely Sam Raimi's favorite Bible verse. For sure. So yeah, that's the so that's what that calls to mind. Obviously, that's what inspires that line about amputate the arm that would disobey um to go back to the chorus it seems that my ties with you oh it seems that my ties with you get severed i can't seem to hold a thing together i just fall apart because that's my trademark it's my trademark move to turn my back on you it's my trademark move i'm not saying it right it's my my trademark move to realize I should improve, and sometime soon after that, you'll see me come crawling back. So you could say this is about a relationship with a person, how he's turned his back on someone he loves and cares about and isn't listening to the advice of a parent or isn't treating a girlfriend right and isn't calling her when he said he would and all this stuff. 
and then he realizes it was his trademark move to be a bad friend or a bad son or whatever and he's returning and but then when you get into verse two where he's like i'll cut off my hand (laughs) throw that i'll throw it away and um until you finish your work in me like that's obvious that has to be talking about talking to god like especially to finish your work in me that's a very christian specific sentiment to be like god is doing a work in you like you're constantly praying and coming before God to for him to communicate with you as a Christian of what is the work that he's going to do in you and what do, does, what does he want what does he call you to do so to say to finish your work in me that's where you immediately lose the idea as we'll probably get into the song meetings but that's where you lose the idea that this could be about a relationship with a person with a girlfriend or a parent or a friend yeah. this is a very like sisters song to this week the trend yeah, it is. Yeah. Although I think that's a little bit more on the, like, clearly secular side. Right. But it still has those sort of... Yeah, I never... I, that's so themes. obvious, and I yeah. never realized it until you said it. Especially because it's like they both start with TR, trend, and trademark. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I get the two of them confused. Oh, that's funny, because there's plenty of Reliant K songs that I strangely get confused in yeah. that same way. Wow, that's funny. Yeah, they are like, basically, I mean, they're totally different. They're, they're like, I think if you like played a karaoke version of both, you wouldn't get them mixed up. Right. But, but just yeah, the, the, the sentiment, the, thema- the theme yeah. is the same in both songs. It's so funny. So, and This Week the Trend is probably one of my top three songs on mm-hmm, as well. For sure. Yeah. So good. Would you... <laughs> April's giving her two cents. Would you like me to read some song meanings uh, yes, comments please. for you? Champion 9, 17 years ago, said, Rad song. I like it a lot. And things. Matt Robertson is cute. <laughs> Matt Robertson. <laughs> Not sure who Matt Robertson is, but he is cute. That reminds me that one time my sister went to, like, I don't remember what festival because I didn't go. But she and a bunch of friends went to some, like, Christian summit thing with maybe some bands or to a Christian festival, like, out of our state somewhere. And she saw Reliant K play and I wasn't there. And when she got back, she said she had basically done... Her and her friends had gotten confused on Matt Thiessen's name. And I don't remember what his name was, but let's just say it was Matt Robinson. I'm not... I don't think that this comment was left by my sister. But it was something very similar where they were like really close up front. And my sister only liked Reliant K for a short amount of time. Like we didn't really share Reliant K for mm-hmm. more than maybe a couple of weeks or months. I think I took her to one concert with like a group of friends among all the like the dozens of Reliant K shows I've been to. But her and her friends were up front at this thing and they're like matt robinson or maybe they had his first name wrong they were like you know joe or right. something they were like rob robinson so rob hey rob we love you rob and then when she got home she was like i realized later his name's matt and i was like yeah and she couldn't have texted me to double check because this is like 2002 perfect 
imperfection 17 years ago said it's about the cycle we as Christians can so easily get to of running to and from God. It's like we finally get close, then get scared and run away, then realize we need him more than we thought. And it repeats over and over. Good song, easy for me to relate to. Yeah, I think that says it pretty concisely. They, they said in what it took us half an hour to say. Exactly. Um, there's some people talking about the Bible quotes and clutter. 14 years ago said, this song is a good example of Reliant K's belief and music type. This song is probably confused by an unbeliever as a carnal or secular song. But carnal. carnal. <laughs> but really, if you look close enough, it's about a spiritual relationship with God. Another example would be pressing on. Most people think it's just a song with no spiritual message. I like Reliant K because they can't take feelings and things like that and communicate them. And I think they mean can take feelings and things like that and can communicate them in such a down to earth and easy to understand way. Um, so for my deep dive this week, there are so many like shows slash articles that popped up this week because they all contain the stock bio with the explanation of the band spells their name the way they do to avoid trademark infringement. Oh. <laughs> um, and then this one, this same redirect came up like 15 times. Stark's famous Reliant K News, Columbus, Ohio, which just has a few short bullet points. It's all the redirects to the same website, no matter what listing it claims to be from, where it's like, it's just bullet points on the, the band members from the like Pittman Douglas era. There's nothing really new or interesting there, but it's odd that the same thing just kept like popping up as a redirect. We also got a fan club website from 2002 called oorkfanclub.tripod.com. 11-25-02. Today was Dave Douglas's birthday. Happy birthday, Dave. Wait, Dave Douglas and I have the same birthday? <laughs> really? But then on 8-19-02, they posted, today was Dave Douglas's birthday. Happy birthday, Dave. Okay. <laughs> what if Dave, what if there's two Dave Douglases? Like there's two Paul McCartneys and two Avril Lavines. You never know. You never know. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be great if there was like a deep Reliant K conspiracy that Dave Douglas was switched at some point? He was with Ethan. Well, I, <laughs> I know what you're team. saying. <laughs> From 8-18-02, limited edition EP. The boys will be releasing an EP this fall with several new tracks for your RK Hungry Ears. It's titled The Limited Edition EP. And according to the Reliant K Tour Journal, here's what, what you can expect from it. One trademark. Two, in love with the 80s. Three, what's all been done before. Four, for the band. Five, a penny loafer saved, a penny loafer earned. And six, failure to excommunicate. Wait, so, but that says it was called the Limited Edition EP? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So either that was a mistake or that was the idea and then they switched it to Employee of the Month. Huh. Write it down. It's a question. Um, it's a mystery. Then we've got some posts from Back to the Future. I went to that. Some Tail stuff. I'm surprised this didn't come up before. 
save that one. RKs on MTV's RR and RR versus RW. What? I have no idea what that means. I need to look at that. I can't. Oh, here we go. Look out or listen to for Reliant K music on MTV. They recently asked for the rights to their music for Road Rules and Road oh. Rules versus Real World, the Extreme Challenge. That is a mouthful. Okay. I wouldn't bother watching Real World or Real World versus Road Rules just to hear a second of a song that I already own. <laughs> yeah, and they're talking about when Sadie Hawkins' dance was used um, on Smallville. And yeah, lots of different, lots of different stuff. All from like January to November of 2002. Cool. What website is this again? O-O-R-K-Fanclub.Tripod.com. Nice. Save that. Save that. I want to read through that. Uh, That reminds me that this song is also the name, you know, the inspiration for the name of the trademark website. Yes. Trademark-RK.com. Yep. And a long time, a couple of months ago, I tried to contact the lady who runs that site. And I couldn't contact her because her contacts were not, like, open. I actually kind of wanted to maybe interview her for this episode. Um, I don't think she listens, but basically there's the website trademark.net, actually. I'm not, I'm confused mm-hmm. now. It's dot net. It's dot net. So it's trademark-rk.net. And it's like this, it's the best collection of Reliant K interviews. And it's where the cover art is whenever we can't find our cover art and we need it for this podcast. I go to that website because there's scans of every page of all the different cover art and booklets and stuff. And I tried to contact her, but when you go to like the contact page on the website, it like, I can't remember now because it was months ago, but it like would list to like the email was dead. There was an email and the Mm -hmm. email was dead. I sent her an email. It bounced back, mail or demon. I got scared because there was a demon in my inbox. (laughs) Then like I found her name in her Twitter, but you couldn't like DM her or you couldn't follow her. Maybe I did follow her and she didn't follow back and I couldn't DM because she didn't follow back. I'm like, well... You can't contact the lady who runs the trademark website. If anybody knows trademark-rk.net. Yeah. I would just want to hear the history of why the, you know, how she started the website. And I know that the band has had some sort of interaction with her at different points and maybe given her some sort of information. I've seen stuff like that on the website. So, yeah. I will, will, will we ever know? We've got a year and a half or two years left. Of his podcast to until find they out. come out with new music. I know. <laughs> uh, we have some Naruto fan art that this song inspired. <laughs> so you got to screen cap these and send them to me as soon as you find them because I okay. never remember to post these Share. to the social media. Danny, don't accidentally send this to anybody else. They'll be like, "Whoa, what?" So Hinta's trademark move. Um, And it shows the blonde Naruto that wears the black and orange jacket touching the head of a girl with, like, long, dark hair. And she's got um, a purple jacket on. And I guess they both have black headbands. And so the girl is thinking, sorry, oh, no, I accidentally clicked into something else. Called Hinta's Locker. Oh, no. Okay, here we go. (laughs) 
gosh darn it. Oh no, oh no, I don't want to create a DeviantArt login. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> and um, is Naruto the name of the blonde one? No. Oh, well maybe well, she's no, wait. not. The... Here, Danny, you Which female things. Naruto are you? <laughs> I think that's Hinta. Yeah, she's Hinta. Hinta. Okay. Hin- Hinata. She's Hinata. Hinata. Oh, the blonde one is, that's Naruto. That's what I said. Well, I forgot Naruto's blonde. For some reason, I thought Naruto's hair was red. Okay. I haven't looked at Naruto so in Danny, a long time. So, explain, Danny, explain the drawing. Okay. So, you've got Naruto. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm getting confused with, and I don't remember the name of the Hermione character in Naruto. She's got, like, pinkish, reddish hair. I got confused with that. And I wasn't looking at the picture. So when you said, which is the blonde one? I'm like, I don't really know. Anyway. So. Oh, no. I lost it, too. Oh, no. It's, like, really. Oh, yeah. DeviantArt's website is, like, really slippery. It's not mobile friendly. It's like if you push the wrong thing, it, like, sends you to the next page. Okay. So you've got Naruto in Hinata. (laughs) Hinata's the girl and Naruto is the Naruto. And they're standing looking at each other. She's got a very blushed face because I guess she's like excited to be talking this closely to Naruto. Neither of them is wearing masks. I'll say that. That's not good. (laughs) Um, uh, So... Yeah, you have to zoom real far in to see the... What's written. The dialogue. Okay. So he says, Hey, Hinata... Uh, do you have a fever or something? Your face is kind of red. And then he puts his hand on her forehead, which seems to make the problem of her embarrassment and excitement to be talking to him worse. Because she says, Naruto, uh, no something, Naruto, he, he's touching me. <laughs> which she's, I think she's happy about, despite my reading. And then Naruto thinks to himself, she'll faint in five, four, three, two. And then you go to, finally you go to the next panel and she goes plop and it's just her legs in the air and she fell down. His hand is still up, making it look like he's doing a Nazi salute. (laughs) And he goes, shoot, my timing was off. But seriously, she practically has that move trademarked, although she has to stop doing that. So it's like, she sees him, she gets flush. It's kind of complicated so for a rather sim- simple idea. So he knows that she's like into him. Right. She, he he kind of knows, or he's kind of like oblivious to why she's always that way. So underneath the, the poster wrote this comment. Behold, my chibis of, of death and my... Renewness of destruction. Mwahahaha. Okay, my little random moment is done. Anyway, about this pick. Okay, so I was listening to the song Trademark by Reliant K, and the refrain of the song goes like, It seems if my ties with you get severed, I can't seem to hold it all together. I just fall apart because that's my trademark. Mm. It's my my trademark move to turn my back on you. It's my my trademark move to realize I should improve. And sometime soon after that, you'll see me come pr- crawling back. So anyway, while I was listening to it, I was thinking 
Hinata's trademark move is fainting when she's around Naruto. So I came up with this pick and I think it turned out really well. Anyways, I colored it using Adobe Photo Deluxe Home Edition and the rest was hand drawn by me. <laughs> I love the specifics. I got up to close the uh, It keeps going for a minute and then it says, I don't right. own the song trademark, Reliant <laughs> K does. No trademark intended. No trademark intended. I just, as you're reading that and like this being like, a, you know, a, a romantic folly comic, I was like, oh, I see how you can sort of interpret that line. Do you still have that up? Yeah. Can you read uh, that it's, line it's again? It's by Hummingbird hyphen Hinata. That's the, the, the artist. Gotcha. Can you, yeah. It seems yeah. if my ties with you get severed, I can't seem to hold it all together. I just fall apart because that's my trademark. Okay, so right there, right there, I'm like, oh yeah, you can, there's a whole nother interpretation that I didn't even consider when you just isolate that line. It's like, when my ties with you get severed, I can't hold it together. Makes it sound romantic. It's like, mm -hmm. when you're not around me, I can't make my life work because I love you so much and I fall apart. Because that's my trademark. Because I'm lonely when you're not around. But that's not really the sentiment of it. From either a common interpretation, which would be God or people. It's more like... They're doing work in the... Uh, the people who live in the apartment above us moved out. And someone... I think there's guys working up there still. And one of them just banged into the wind chimes. And so April started barking at them. So anyway... Yeah, we're wind chime people. That's what <laughs> a friend are. of ours. No, we just have wind. <laughs> One of our friends was like, "Oh, you're wind chime people." We, we have like, one set of wind means. chimes. Yeah. Uh, then we have there's a site called Chuck Connection, which is pictures of Reliant K wearing Chuck Taylors, aka Converse. They love those Chuckies. And all it is is it's like 14 different <laughs> pictures of Reliant K. Wearing Converse. That's funny. <laughs> so I guess Converse are uh, Reliant K's trademark. And that was my deep dive for this week. Nice. Well, this song rocks. So we're going to go and have a little break and see if we can get April to quiet down. Yeah. And we'll be back with uh, Danny's deep dive. If you'd like to interact with Sadie Hawkins Pod, please do. We have a voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. You can also send us an email at sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. And check out our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at sadiehawkinspod. We'd also like to take this moment to thank our patrons who have signed up at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod. We've got Brady, David, Tucker, this might be a podcast, Owen, Jimmy Eat Pod, Roxanne, Samantha, and Helen. If you'd like to join our Patreon, we're discussing most of the K is for karaoke tracks like Justin Bieber's Baby and Cake's The Distance. We've done some random stuff like a video of us playing Animal Crossing and discussing our summertime playlists. Oh, and we're reading through the entirety of the Relying K-related book, Complex Infrastructure, known as The Female Mind. And hey, if you thought there wasn't a Reliant K book that makes a short bus joke, well, sign up and learn how wrong you were. There are two, five, and ten dollar levels where you can get those bonus apps and extras like merch. And if you have a special someone in your life, think of giving them the gift of Sadie Hawkins Pod. <laughs> All right, so one thing we didn't really talk about is what exactly is a trademark? 
And rather than look it up on, say, Wikipedia or something, let's let one of the most bizarre YouTube sort of podcast things I've ever seen explain it to us. So this is called Pony Radio. Okay. Or the YouTube channel is, itself is called Ponies at Law. Oh, wow. Um, this is from seven years ago. And I guess that this is some sort of like legal discussion. About bronies? Ra- no, you'll see. Oh, um, oh goodness. Not about, not about bronies. Is that what you said, right? Bronies? Yeah. No. You'll see. It's called Pony Radio. Ponies at Law YouTube channel. And they are going to tell us in a little interview with a guy in this two-minute video what exactly a trademark is. First, let me show. First, let me show you the video, and then we'll actually play the audio. Is it Channing Tatum dancing to the song "Pony"? No. Oh wow! (laughs) So, can you describe what this is? A very uncomfortable-looking boomer is sitting next (laughs) to a gray-haired man sitting next to. <laughs> Two very oddly designed puppets. Horse puppets. Horse puppets. In sweater vests. That's yeah. that's cute. It's it's cute. Yeah, so basically they're two like pony puppets. But they're they're acting like it's that sort of <laughs> podcast style of like they're at a table that's facing the camera. Which is very forward for seven years ago. I guess that's when that kind of stuff started, right? Like yeah. a visual podcast where you're facing. Sure, you've got like an NPR thing going. Yeah, or I guess it's kind of like it's kind of a mock-up of the style of like you know 24-hour news, mm-hmm. where you have a table and a pundit, like a pundit thing, and the camera's right there, and they've got microphones, and they've got a computer in front of them. They're little puppets with a computer in front of them. Um, so now we'll play the audio. It's only two minutes, and they're going to describe the basic ideas of what exactly a trademark is. Welcome to Pony Radio. I'm Pascal. This is my brother Tristan. Hello. And with us today is Professor John O'Shea. Hello. Nice to be here. Hmm. John O'Shea is going to talk to us about uh, trademarks. Oh. Do we? Uh, do we... I think I sort of understand what a trademark is. It's some kind of symbol. It's sort of like a copyright. I don't get it. It's this isn't a real caller. No, it's not. It's like a wave file that they <laughs> edited in later. And someone probably in the studio. It's their producer. It I know, right? <laughs> it, like the audio quality is so clearly different. Yeah. It's a bunch of words usually. I'm not sure. A trademark is essentially anything that tells the consumer where a product or service came from, who produced it. And so it can be a word, and most trademarks are words, and we're familiar with them, they're brand names, like Coca-Cola or Apple. Mm -hmm. But trademarks can be other things too. Uh, They can be symbols, they can be packaging, and they can be the product itself. This is the most lifeless puppet show I've ever seen. It's the only way to describe it. Also, he's the most lifeless of the three. The two, the two pony, the two pony 
puppets are like nodding their head and going, oh, yeah, okay. And like one guy's just standing there stock still. I love that there's also some apples and carrots on the table for the ponies. I didn't notice that. That's, That's a great, so funny. It's a great detail. Um, they didn't have like two cameras. So when they want to cut in closer to the guest... It's like a way lower res, bad <laughs> angle, from, probably just from this image. I'm sure there was no 4K back then. No. It can be colors, and they can be smells. So there's a vast variety of things. Did, did you say trademarks can be smells? Yes, they can be smells. You can actually trademark smells. Yes, you can. You, well, you trademark, every trademark goes for a specific product or service. So you can trademark a smell for a specific product. Uh, and one of the first ones to be trademarked, uh, first sen- uh, sensory trademarks, smell trademarks, was for a th- sewing thread that had a lilac smell. Now that's very unusual. Mm. It sewing threads pleasant. usually don't have smells, so it yeah. was able, because it was unusual, to serve. It smells, do you say it smells pleasant? Yeah. <laughs> and then they make the joke of like, one of the horses smells, can you trademark that? But there's another 30 seconds, and I feel like <laughs> we've heard enough. Oh, so it's 30 funny. seconds, let's do it. Come on. Oh, no, I closed it. Uh, we're going to have to watch the whole thing all over again. Is, is your OCD getting... Yeah, that's interesting. That you can trademark a smell, specifically... Well, the lilac thing. I was like, oh, yeah, perfumes, that makes sense. But, right. like, a lilac thread, interesting. Yeah. But that particular brand of thread... You know, Tristan has an unusual smell. Perhaps, you know, we could, we could trademark that. It's true. Can you, yeah, well, can you get it, this? Can you smell it, that? It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> this He's a, professor does not know how to react. He's like, I can't believe I want to believe I'm on a puppet show with 84 views after nine years, seven years. <laughs> It's cute. It's cute. It's it's they're 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 going for something. I think we need to reformat Sadie Hawkins pod, and we need to make some puppets. <laughs> okay, and just be a visual puppet podcast. Sadie puppets pod. Yeah. There's 25 seconds left. We don't need to. We don't need to. You we you and I can watch later. We'll do a Patreon okay. episode on those final 25. Oh my seconds. gosh. Let's see. So. We got a Kingdom Hearts AMV, a wow. Wolf's Rain AMV, a Naruto AMV with really bad compression. Is it from Hummingbird? Whatever the <laughs> other one's name. What's the the girl Naruto's name? H- Hinata? Yeah. No, I don't know. It's just generic. It's just general Naruto gotcha. footage. But instead, I'm going to play Yomega Yo-Yo Tricks. Uploaded by the Kama Rakata 11 years ago. Yo Mega Yo-Yo Tricks. Check it out. Look at him go. I want to watch the Yo-Yo episode of, uh, oh, that's of the Simpsons. That's the one where uh, Bart uh, pretends to answer Krabappel's, what do you call it? Yes. Classified ad. Yes. 
Wow, this kid is great at the- remember when- this is like, this kid is behind the times because this is from 11 years ago. Did yo-yos make a comeback 11 years ago? Remember when we were kids and yo-yos were like the biggest thing ever? Yes, I do. We legit had people come and do those like yo-yo demonstrations at right. our school and then sell us the the like, oh, super cool professional yo-yos or whatever. Right. <laughs> When I was in like elementary school, that's where that Simpsons episode is yeah. based. I remember like the yo-yo crew comes yeah, by. Yeah, exactly. And, like, it was can... a real thing that happened, though. It was so bizarre. And they give autographs to the kids, but then they all just load into a van, and their manager's like, "Come on, we got eight more schools today." Um, there was a. Do you remember that there was a yo-yo where you could remove it from the string mm-hmm. and fly it in the air and then back onto the string? Yeah. Like, how did that work? I got to figure out how did that work? Because I would think it would just, how did it end up? St- Those, are you talking about the ch- the big ones? The big Chinese yo-yo things where it's like two stick and, the, and then no, there's a string and then it's a yo-yo. No, yeah, yeah. I, I, now, I know what you're talking about there. But no, this was a yo-yo that actually was a regular string yo-yo, but you could, you could get the, 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 yo-yo part the ball not the ball you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. the actual like chunk of yo-yo <laughs> you could get it off of the string and fling it up in the air like you could pull the string right. and it would fling up in the air and then you could catch it but i'm like how did it get stuck back onto the the string after that i swear this was a real toy but i don't know i don't remember how it worked i used to have the um during the yo-yo craze, I wasn't terribly great at yo-yoing. So I had the, they had these ones where it was like, it, it, it like automatically came back. So it was like, a, it was called like a yo-yo ball and it had like the winding thing, but it was like, it would automatically wind back up as soon as you were done. So it was like, you could just go all day up and oh, down okay. and do all sorts of tricks and it would always come back. It would never unthread. Right. Interesting. You could fool everybody and make them think you were yeah. really good at that's, yo-yo. That's cheating. <laughs> Well, speaking of, you mentioned Chinese yo-yos. Let's. This is something that may never come up on the podcast again. Oh my gosh! But what? like Chinese parades and like I guess Chinese New Year. Oh yeah. You know um, how during like a Chinese New Year's parade there'll be people dressed as dragons, where one person is holding the head, and they don't hide the fact that their legs and their body right. are underneath, but they're like doing really intense dance moves, and someone in the back is being the tail there might even be a couple of people inside it mm-hmm. this says lunar lion it's called the lunar lion i mean i would think that's a dragon but here this video is uploaded by tnt tkt and it's a lunar lion dance it's like it's not at oh, a parade cool. or anything it seems to be outside maybe some sort of convention or some sort of summit type situation and the lunar lion is just gonna dance around and like but here's the other thing is we could this could be the video that that I like this Jim, music. This is Jimmy World. This could be the video that Jimmy Pod and us could do a crossover and just oh. discuss this video because the first half of this five minute video is um the song Bleed American by Jimmy Eat World and then the second half is trademarked by Reliant K. So it's just one of those Chinese parade dragons, but I guess it's called the Lunar Lion, dancing around in a parking lot. It's getting up on a truck. Wow. But it's just by itself. Like I said, this isn't at a parade. This isn't, doesn't, I don't know what, yeah, I don't know. 
Oh, <laughs> the no, tail the tail guy tail just came got out. The tail guy fell out for a second. <laughs> there they go. Everyone's gathered around watching. And now they're inside like a cafeteria or like a gym. So I don't know if this is like a presentation at like a school oh, or maybe. some sort of like temple or place of worship. Oh, oh no, why is there someone on the ground now? I think the lion's going to eat him or it's licking his face. I can't tell. I would be upset if to learn that the lunar lion eats people. I don't know anything about this particular cultural aspects. Oh, there's only one oh, guy no, inside it now. Inside now. He lost the he tail lost guy the, again. Yeah. So oh, that's he, fun. He oh, he came back. back. <laughs> he ran back under. So that's fun. Father Matt with Anno Ho. So I think this is a place of worship. Nice. Yeah. So there's a couple different Portuguese videos of like kids hanging out um, and piercing their ears oh, together. Oh, goodness. And, and I only know they're... Por- Professionally? Well... Or like, like when they no, did it no, in the like 60s in, with ice no, cubes, like, and yeah, like, like in the bathroom oh. and stuff. <gasps> oh no! And I only say Portuguese. I don't know what country specifically. There's nothing that says what country, but when you look at the description and you see the language that the description mm-hmm. is written in, it's in Portuguese. Oh, so it could be like Brazil, Brazil maybe, or something, yeah. but it doesn't really say. One of them is like something called Connections Camp. I had to do Google Translate to figure it out, but like some sort of like it's like a slideshow. Of some kids in some country where they speak Portuguese at something called Connections Camp, which may or may not be piercing religious. Ears. No, they're not piercing the ears. Oh, Sorry, okay. the Connections <laughs> Camp is just some sort of like youth camp, and they cool. have a slideshow set to this song. Nice. There's a diff- The video I'm talking about is some other kids in some Portuguese-speaking country piercing each other's ears in the bathroom, and then the other one is. Um, kids playing football so hold on i'll play you the piercing their ears one real quick i don't know if i want to see it this is doug doug e dago diago diago i'm not i'm sorry it's you know the word doug the name doug and then the letter e which maybe means and and then the name d-e-g-o and then for some reason in parentheses eight millimeter and i cannot on eight millimeter no, I don't know. I don't think so. Unfortunately, I can't read anything that it says. I can't even read this name. It's it's. It, I, I'm sorry. Custod here. Let me see. Custodio Vaglia. So it's just like kids hanging out, walking down the street. They were doing something earlier with knives. They were like cutting. It looked like they were maybe cutting food or something. And this is something part one. I just wanted to look at it because there's an app called the 8mm app, which... Oh, no, yeah. It, but this is also from 11 years like ago. That. Oh, well, there you go. So here yeah, you go. This is, I around. think this is where he's going to pierce his ear. Oh, no. He put a towel in his mouth. Oh. This looks like Brazil to me. I don't know. Just based off of their shirts, to be honest. Like, that looks like oh, no. Brazilian fashion. I don't know. In the Brazilian movies that I've seen. Oh, no. Does he's he even have an ice towel. cube there? No, I don't think oh. so, unless they did it off. He's piercing his ear. Oh, jeez. And he's only going to pierce his left ear. That would have been the song they should have played. Right? <laughs> Good point. 
Oh, I hope that they, they have disinfectant. He's screaming because they did it. Did they put an earring in after? Or? I don't know. Oh, he's just spraying down his... I think the other guy's about to do it, and he's spraying down his ear with like disinfectant, like oh, hand good. sanitizer or oh, something. Oh, oh, and they're, they're getting ready to do it. So they're pre-disinfecting. They're just not doing any kind of numbing with cold. Listen, kids, I know it's hard because the malls are closed because of COVID, but do not <laughs> pierce your ears I, at home. I know that 11 years ago, the malls were closed. <laughs> a collection of... I have a collection Seriously, of, it's a very bad idea. Like, as someone who has gotten their ears pierced, like... And their cartilage pierced and stuff and like had to get rid of almost all of their piercings except for except for just like the normal ones. And all of them were done professionally. Like even professional ones can get infected. Yeah. So don't don't try this at home. So before we get to there, I have a couple other things like a compilation of skiing wipeouts and um, nice. like a compilation <laughs> like some dirt bike POV footage. But before, but whatever, before we get to hot dog movie fan films, no, no, (laughs) but before we go back to my favorite fan discovery that I found, we're going to do the covers. So here we have, um, Sade Easton, S-A-D-E Easton, one word, uh, this trademark Reliant K cover. This is probably the best, this is probably the best cover. And I also love the energy of this video because they're like playing in a parking lot alongside a baseball field, which is alongside of an apartment building. This is like, this is just some band playing, uh, like where the grass meets the parking lot. Like have one of them, like with a bass player standing on the grass. Where the grass meets the parking lot is my favorite 2002 band. Exactly. The bass player is standing in the grass the guitar player has his mic stand set in the grass, but he's standing on the pavement and the drummer's standing on the pavement. And then when the camera turns, there's like 15 people there and it's just a giant wide open field behind them and a factory on the other side. I love the energy in this video. I love your energy talking about this video. Thank you. Well, check this video out. The point was very clear. I showed me what we missed I just fall apart. That's my trademark. It's fine. My trademark good. Turn my back on you. Soon after that, you'll see me come crawling. I'm trying to figure out if this is maybe like a college campus or something of the sort. Oh, it based could... on the buildings in the background, right? It, it could sort of be a college campus. It looks like maybe. Yeah, like I is. said, it's a parking. They're lot doing a great job though. Alongside of a baseball field with some sort of living building behind them and a factory way on the other side. That's amazing. This is my favorite. Oh, yeah. Now I think, I'm thinking it's not a college campus now that they've turned the camera. It's like a municipal area that yeah. happens to be alongside an apartment building parking lot. Interesting. It's, it's kind of amazing. I didn't read the description, but it says, 
they pre-hand over for a minute to a guy wearing like the most 90s outfit I've ever seen. <laughs> and this is 11 years ago. It says pre-Labor Day music, but uh, look, see, that's the there's like a factory, oh, yeah. there's like a farm factory behind him. That was the pre-Labor Day music bonanza where Titans fall doing a cover of Trademark by Reliant K. It's good stuff. The guy was wearing this like neon yellow hat, like snapback kind of hat forward and tilted upwards with like some colorful wayfarers and he had i think it, i couldn't read but he had a basketball jersey on over a uh, white t-shirt yeah he was styling i liked it so here is a vocal cover well actually it's a it's this is something that i would love to see more people do because when we say guitar cover they're not actual covers they're just people playing along on guitar to the track right and when we talk about vocal covers says you that's not says me, <laughs> says the world, says YouTube. It's not correct, but it's w- what society has allowed to happen. I just like riling you up. Then you have vocal covers, and that's just people either singing in an empty room with nothing or they're singing along to the track. Well, here's a guy named Nothing to Say Music who's going to do both a vocal cover and a guitar cover at the same time. And I would love to see more people do this. He's yeah. going to play along to the track, but he's going to play guitar and sing at the same time to the actual CD. I didn't say it was impressive. I just said he's okay. Well, I'm just I saying that great. more people should do that. Instead of just doing a, tar- a guitar cover, actually sing as well. He can play trademark way better than I can on the guitar. <laughs> Me too, actually. And here's a band called Trade M where they play trade I don't they're actually called Trade M and they play Trademark by Reliant K, Falling Out by Reliant K, oh, nice. and Pocket by Biffy Cyro Cyro I'm not sure, but it's a little 11 minute like short concert. They're playing in a very dark like outside park area. It's a little cursed. It's like it looks like the shared area in like a campground. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it has wooden poles right. and something above them, but it also looks like it's midnight. And here's and they have a female singer. And here's maybe it's cover. just like every like horror movie where they're having a teen party in you know the park. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know, now that I just heard version Trade M's version of the guitar from this song, and I heard Bleed American earlier. There is a slight Bleed American vibe hmm. to the guitar of this song. I mean, its production's totally different, but maybe Bleed American kind of, maybe Jimmy Eat World kind of inspired this song a little bit. Anyway. This kid sounds like he should be singing Rush covers instead. I think it's a girl. I said this kid. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, the lead singer of Rush kind of has a high voice, so similar vocal sense. range. Yeah, good stuff. Good bravado. Uh, last cover, and then we have one more video after that. Uh, I don't think this one deserves any. It deserves. I don't think this one needs any explanation. Let's just get right into it. Oh wow! Okay. Oh wow. There is a lot to unpack here. So we've got... So this is by Kyle Pollock, 11 years ago. So we've got a guy with like a shaved head and a tank top and what looks like a Guitar Hero <laughs> controller so over called, his shoulder. <laughs> it's called Reliant K Trademark Auto-Tune Vocal Cover. Yeah, he's wearing a green tank top. He's got Avril Lavigne pants. He's got a shaved head. You're saying you said all this, but he's holding the Guitar Hero controller. On the table next to him is a bottle of Heinz ketchup. There's like, I thought that was a Christmas tree, but it's just like some greenery in the corner behind him. Yeah, there's a lot going on. This could be a doctor's office or like the break room of a church or something. And he's singing into a microphone. That's purposefully badly auto-tuned, which I think is his joke. I skipped his little introduction, that's but his I think trademark. he does. That's his trademark, and I think he does it on purpose. I showed me what we missed since we slipped into inconsistency. It seems that my ties with you get severed. I can't seem to hold a thing together. I just fall apart. Cause that's my trademark. It's my my trademark move. It's awesome. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I um, love it. And then so now we can go back to fan stuff and discuss this. And this is how, what I definitely wanted to end on. So I oh kind of pre-explained this to Jessica a little bit because it's a very visual thing. Um, this might not come across perfectly on the podcast. But I love it. This is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. We basically have a window into some teen somewhere a couple years ago's afternoon. And basically somewhere in real life, there was some teen. And actually, let me open their YouTube page so I know what I'm looking at. This is by this is by the Nile, the Nile Rocks 101. So the Nile Y R O X 101 10 years ago uploaded this. It only has five views. And whoever this is, she, because I can see the picture, she had an idea for a TV show called He Said. Right? This this is their idea. You explain some of this to me. (laughs) They had an idea for like their ultimate uh like teen drama comedy, something that would maybe be on the CW, although this is 10 years ago, or maybe if it was a little clean, if it's a little cleaner and certainly based on the cast, I'll show you, maybe they were intending it for the Disney channel. So this is like a teen like drama show. Well, Niley rocks 10 years ago. Sounds like it's a takeoff of like Miley rocks. Cause Miley Cyrus, Hannah Montana was a big deal 10 years ago. Well, 
we'll get into that. Okay. So basically, <laughs> you know, if you have a fan fiction idea or if you have an idea, you know, we all have movie and television ideas. Concept. Concepts. Like you might write a little like a This pitch. is a proof of concept proof is what you're pa- telling pr- me. Yeah, exactly. This is, the, so it's like you might put together like a little, like a, like a proof of concept. Like you said, you might put together some, some clips from movies that show the tone of what you're going for. Maybe you'll just write the script. Maybe you'll write a narrative idea. You'll do Maybe a, you'll, you'll write shoot a, a trailer. Maybe you'll shoot a trailer. Maybe you'll do an animatic or some storyboards and yeah. maybe put them together in a final finished video. Nylee decided that the way she would communicate that she has this idea is to cast the show in her mind, and we'll show you the cast, and then just take images <laughs> of the celebrities that she's cast in the roles and put them up on the screen with the text of what they're saying or doing. It's kind of like an, it's in a way like an animatic. It's like a visual board, but here. To, to be fair, this sounds like they're partially like going in the right direction of a pitch packet, except for the visual, right. the, this video visual element. Because this is, I don't know what like video app they use, but this is like clearly like has some text presets where they just typed things in and they kind of animate across the screen. So here it says, a new series. On the screen it says, a new series. He said, the show is called He Said, Miley Cyrus as Rachel Summers. Her story, most popular girl, 17, taken. And it's a picture of Miley Cyrus while you explain the character that she's going to play. Then we have... Demi Lovato as Emily Carter... Her story, in the in the popular group, wants to be an actress, 16, almost 17, single. Okay, so Demi Lovato's yep. going to play gotcha. a 16-year-old. Is that is that not how old she would have been at that time or close yeah. to it? I don't think so. Okay, I don't Maybe know. Maybe <laughs> she was 10 years ago. Emily Osment is going to be Anna Black. Nice. And her story... How is, old is Demi Lovato? <laughs> Uh, Demi, Demi Lovato is 28. So yeah, she would have been like 18, 18 then. Yeah, that I'm works. I'm afraid my chair is going to break. <laughs> They're old chairs, so I'm switching the chair. So this next character who I've already forgotten her story is <laughs> neighbors and secretly friends with Rachel, not popular, 16 and a half and single. Who is the, What is this actress? Oh, I got to go back. Sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Emily Osment. Emily Osment. No idea. Never heard of her. She's playing Anna Black. Obviously, you know Anna Black. She's not popular and she's 16 and a half. Yes, and single. Vanessa Hudgens is going to be Lily Smith. Cool. This is a star-studded show. It sure is. Her story, heartbroken, popular, hates Anna, 17, good singer. I'm really... (laughs) Taylor Swift as Bella Moore. Can't believe that Taylor Swift is going to do a television show with all of these famous actresses. Is this show a musical? Because all these people sing. That's a very good point. We'll get into that. Are there any boys on this show since it's called He Said? We'll find out. Taylor Swift's character story is popular. Just moved here. Anna's cousin, but no one knows, taken 16 and three quarters. Nice. I don't think Taylor's, I don't know. How old was Taylor Swift? I don't know. How old is Taylor Swift? 
30. So she was 20 when Lily Rocks wanted her to play 16. Uh, makes sense. I don't I don't see a problem here. That's why nobody knows how old anybody is because like 20 and 30 somethings have been playing teenagers since the dawn of time. I guess that's true. Selena Gomez as Mia Hale. Again, this is a star-studded show. Her story, new girl, moved from across the state, has a boyfriend when she moved from 16. Sorry, who is that? Selena Gomez. Oh, okay. Joe Jonas, as someone, I missed it already, his story, lived here his whole life, in a band with his brothers, single, almost 18. Are all the other Jonases going to be in it too? Well, let's find out. Kevin Jonas, as Alex Ferris. There we go. His story, single and cruising in a band with his brothers, <laughs> crushing in a band with his brothers, lived here all his life say. popular. <laughs> yeah, they're not around for the show. Matthew Thiessen as James Austin. Whoa! This is amazing for Thiessen! It is! I, I, okay, please, I just, t- like, please tell me how old Thiessen is. Please tell me. Tell me right now. I want to know. I'll tell you. But is he I just the cool hip say, teacher? Or? I just want to say, uh, is he a cool hip teacher? I just got to say, this is amazing for Thiessen. Because this whole cast is musician actors, right? Yeah. Selena Gomez, Vanessa Hudgens, even Taylor Swift, who's only done a couple acting roles. Tyson has never really done an acting role. It's true. He's the only, like, just regular just musician in the cast. This is a huge break for him to be in a TV show That's with true. Taylor Swift. Yeah. He's playing James Austin. Okay. Uh, his story, he's the new boy, he's popular, he's 17, <laughs> and he's single. Good news, ladies. Like 30. 17 and single. <laughs> yes. Michael Musso, who I don't know, so maybe, I don't know. He Let's looks see. like a Nickelodeon or Disney star. Mm-hmm. As Mason Mortar, Porter, Mason Porter. I love story. how it's all these age-appropriate people, and then Matt Tyson. <laughs> yeah, his story: popular, single, crushing, eighteen. I like. I also like how as we learn more characters, like there's less and less details about like they just moved here. They just well, sure, Dan. They're they're you know they're they're side characters. They're you know. Zach uh... Efron is going to be Logan Jones. Sure. I mean. I pity the production company that's got to pay this payroll because this is going to be a very expensive show. Known for known for cheating on his girlfriends. Single at the moment, 18. Zach Efron's playing the, the, the Zach cheater. Zach Efron is playing a character older than Matt Thiessen. Oh, yeah. Good point. Uh, and Nick Jonas as Jake Ferris. I don't know why he's so far in the story from his brother's. In a band with his brothers, 17, Taken. Coming soon. And I watched the whole first episode. <laughs> We're not going to watch the first oh episode. Oh my gosh. It's, let's see how long it is. Don't worry, folks. I'm not going to Can you, you just that. explain to me what happened yeah, so the in first episode, first episode? So the first episode is seven minutes. And like I said, it's just to keep showing images of whichever actor it's supposed to be. And it opens with Miley Cyrus looking out the And this is just text on the screen. It's almost like a Dungeons and Dragons thing, like a text, like it's like a P- old PC text adventure game. 
Miley Cyrus looks out the window. She sees Zac Efron kissing somebody. I don't remember which one. Is this drawn or do they use actual pictures? No, they just take Google pictures of each actor and put it on the screen while their dialogue and their actions played on on the screen. Okay. That's all it is. So Miley Cyrus, but I'll tell you it like I'm telling you the story, like I'm pitching the story. Miley Cyrus looks out the window and sees Zac Efron outside kissing some other girl. And she gets so upset and she says, you're cheating on me. Ah, And she goes inside and cries. And then he tries to knock on her door and says, it's not what you think. And she's like, no, then what is it? And then he leaves. And then she calls Taylor Swift. And she's like, Zac Efron was cheating on me. And she's like, oh, girl, don't worry about it. And they're like, okay. (laughs) And then it goes to the next day at the school. They're having lunch. Everybody's there. Matt Thiessen, all the Jonas Brothers, Taylor Swift, (laughs) Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. Demi Lovato, they're all there having lunch together. Billion dollar cast. And they all talk. (laughs) And that's about it. That's about all that happens in He Said Episode 1. I'm almost surprised that that Robert Pattinson doesn't make an appearance. There's no Kristen Stewart. Like... We're talking like they were saved for season prime two. Twilight yeah. era that, ten years ago. That's, that'd be like season two. Oh, good call, good call. But I just loved finding this. It was so amazing because it's like such a view into like one teen's afternoon. I wrote TV show ideas all the time. I have like mm-hmm. animes and stuff that I wrote, like <laughs> Dragon Ball Z inspired anime things. Right, of course. I had like notebooks filled with notes about character explanations yep. and like stories and stuff and like breakdowns of what happens so but I just never put together a visual component and it's just beautiful it's just beautiful and so incredibly teen I mean when you do go to pitch you're supposed to put like you're supposed to name like three actors like two or three actors that you can see playing the role and you do put your wish list people you put like at least two like kind of more well-known and then you put one like kind of somewhat attainable on there Matthew (laughs) Tyson exactly (laughs) wow so yeah it's amazing i love it again nylee rocks i want to know who matt teeson ends up with unfortunately i don't think he ends up with anyone in the first episode they're all just kind of having lunch that's the whole first episode. Well, I really want to know what happens in episode two now. Should, can we, if we couldn't get the trademark website lady on the show, you think we can get Nylee Rocks on the show? Maybe. Nylee, you out there? Let us know. Call 402-95-SADIE. <laughs> or hit us up, sadiehawkinspot at gmail.com. So, Danny. Yeah. Do you like this song more now? Or less now than when we started. I like it more now. I like it just, I like it as much as I've ever liked it. So is that more or is that the same? That's like the same, but also more. Like I couldn't possibly love this song more. I love this song. It's one of my very favorite Relaying K songs. I like this song the same as I liked it before. Oh, good. That's your trademark (laughs) is to have a tepid response. (laughs) We just wasted... 93 minutes of your life.